Greetings and welcome back to another episode of The Bit Between. Uh, today, I'm here with the one and only Vincent KDB. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. How are you? It's, I'm doing I'm doing really well. Um, the last time we caught up was a good maybe half a year or, or more ago. Um, but before we get into the, you know what you've been doing, how you've been keeping yourself busy, you know, tell people who you are and a bit of a bit of a backstory. Sure. Yeah. My name is Vince. Um, I actually changed my name since the last time I saw you. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I now go by Vince instead of Vincent. Okay. Um, I'm an aspiring actor, business student, and happy to be here. I love life. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, um, Vincent and I, like I said, did an episode about six to eight months ago, somewhere like that. So, we're not going to go too deep into, you know, his history and everything else um you know if you want to see that you can watch that episode but over the last you know half a year what what sort of stuff have you been up to vince it seems like you've been busy yeah it's kind of weird because like pretty much everything that i was like um talking about in the last podcast that we did i've ditched most of that <laughs> that's amazing that's so i've good. ditched most of it but I've, I've been doing a lot of acting i'm trying to get that trying to really work on that career and it, it's been a lot of fun Mm -hmm. um but i'm just getting started out so it's a it's a lot of learning yeah i mean what so let's let's go back to like just after we did that podcast like what sort of steps did you take in order to pursue this acting career because it seems like you know you've got like a poster behind you with a little movie maybe a bit of a teaser there but you know what sort of steps did you take towards fulfilling this dream i guess yeah well right after that podcast um i knew that actors need to be signed to an agency so i went ahead and i looked at all the biggest agencies in my area and i applied to all of them but i applied to all of them with just a selfie of myself which is totally unprofessional it's totally out of the line and like i didn't get anything back because like who wants to sign someone that just sends a selfie and like you need to have a a demo reel a resume you need to have something under your name you didn't send like any acting footage I said nothing. I had nothing. Like I was, <laughs> I was completely new to the game, and okay. I, I knew I didn't know any better. Yeah. Um, but like not getting a re- any responses back kind of gave me a, a wake up call. Like okay, time to to put my ten thousand hours and time to build up my resume. So I started applying to open calls. Um, you know, acting with my friends and just like making little videos, uh, reading a lot. You know, reading about theory and the greats, watching the like acclaimed best movies of all time uh just working on that craft and and since then i i've acted in a few films so finally getting started yeah that's that's really good to hear um when it comes to movies then you know what what movies did you study and and how did you study them because it's one thing just watching the movie but you know i'm guessing you're already taking it in and trying to figure out like what is it that makes these performances great right mm-hmm. um well, it started out with just like asking all of my friends, like, what's the number one movie I got to watch? Um, they'd give me their recommendations. I would watch that. Um, and it was also at the time when the Oscars just um, came out for this year. And Minari was like a film that really, really inspired me to want to wanna be an actor. Uh, I'm a big fan of Steven Yeun, who I found through The Walking Dead. And, and like seeing him in that role was like, oh, wow, Asians are really making a move in this scene. Um, so after that, I, I started um, trying to find actors that I thought resembled myself um, and them playing roles that maybe I could play in the future. 
Um, Keanu Reeves is a, is a good example of someone who I think I'm kind of similar to when it comes to acting. So, you know, like I never watched The Matrix. Uh, I watched all the John Wicks again and just a lot of his old work too when he was making movies around my age. Um, but it was really all across the board. I tried watching a movie a day. Wow. Yeah. Did you, and did that, how long did that last? It lasted about two months because wow. I don't know. I go through weird phases where like, I won't watch one movie for three months. Like I'll just forget about it. And then, and then suddenly I go on this movie binge where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so inspired by all these films. I want to consume everything and, and learn about every single type of film. So yeah, it lasted about two months. And I watched about 60 films. Of the, of those 60 is there, are there any that really stuck with you or any performances in particular? Hmm. Okay, the um the king I really liked, with with Robert Pat Robert Pattinson and Timothy Chalamet. Okay, I just saw the Suicide Squad. That was really 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 one. good. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. That I was a great that. film. Um, I liked Fury, with Shia LaBeouf, Brad okay. Pitt. Um, there's a few others. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll think of them later. But I, yeah, those those were the ones that really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. And then. When it when it comes to like watching them, did you? Because I I don't know what it's like to to try and become an actor. So like, do you just watch the movie? Do you just like look at it? Do you study it? Do you have to like try and replicate it? Like, what's the process? Yeah, I started out like trying to be very analytical about about watching it. Like, well, let's watch this performance and every single eye movement he makes. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, oh, okay, let me give it a break. Let me just enjoy this movie for what it is, and like um being naturally captivated and engaged by a performance um, is kind of how you can get more more out of it. But when you're like trying to watch it and study it, it's it's not as enjoyable. And a movie is a movie to, to be enjoyed. It's not to be studied so much in my opinion. So yeah, I just tried to enjoy it for, for what it is and what really captivated me naturally. Hmm. So um, I guess I, I kind of asked this question before, but when it comes to favorite movies of all time, um, would you be able to put together like a top three movies that you think everybody should watch? Hmm. Well, I'll go by just the movies that I've seen in the last two months because I've seen a lot. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll give you five, five movies. Um, yeah. Like I said before, The King. I'll go The Suicide Squad. Minari. Um Sorry to bother you. And I'll go for us. Okay. Those are nice. my five. Yeah. Sorry to bother you. What a movie. What a movie. So man. fucking great. Uh, so fucking great. Anybody who's watched that movie knows what we're talking about. Like, yeah. talk about oh plot twists. <laughs> oh That's the best way to describe it. Just, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always, I, I actually hate movie trailers. Um, same, same. And I think you'll you'll resonate with me on this one. Like, what's the point in releasing a trailer if the whole of the movie is going to be in the trailer? Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> they show everything. <laughs> yeah, like, I I think I think the one that the two that changed it for me was Spectre with James Bond, mm. and um, The Dark Knight Rises. Right. The reason that I say Spectre is because you found out who the main villain was in the trailer. And so, yeah. like, for half of the movie, they're, like, trying to figure out who's the main villain, who's the main villain, and, like, you've already seen him in the trailer. So, like, that half of the movie is just completely pointless. Mm-hmm. And then 
with um, Dark Knight Rises, um, spoiler alert, by the way, if anybody hasn't seen it, don't know what you're doing if you haven't seen it. Um, there's certain scenes in there of like Batman and Bane fighting and I'd seen them in the trailer and I hadn't seen them in the movie yet. So I was like, well, even though Batman's in this well, broken his back and everything like that, like it's not the end of Batman because I know he's going to go and fight Bane because there's scenes in the trailer that I've already seen. And it's like, you know, I think we need to get to a point where trailers are purely just like giving a glimpse instead of giving the whole movie. And I don't know how we're going to get that. I don't know how we're going to get that shift. Yeah, I think we've seen it a little bit. I think it's tougher with action movies and superhero movies because they're they're trying to touch into a certain type of audience. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but even like um, Marvel did that too. Like when, I don't know, have you seen the Infinity War? Yeah. Yeah, like I remember that was coming out and I was so excited because like, oh man, the heroes finally lost. And then they announced Spider-Man, the next movie, the dude who just died in the last one. I'm like, okay, now we know what's going to happen in the end. Yeah, they should they should try and be more secretive with it. Um, yeah, they should. As opposed to just letting everybody know what's going to happen. Um, Do you think you would ever watch a movie if they just didn't release a trailer? If they only tried promoting it through posters and... and I mean, actors. most of the movies I've seen, like, um, in the last year or so, like, I've not even looked at any promotional material whatsoever. I've just gone on it based on maybe, like, the movie poster and recommendations of other people or like mm-hmm. on the internet somebody says this is a movie you have to watch like and i just don't want to know anything i don't want to know who's in it i don't know what, what genre it is what it's about because there's an element of surprise to it then like because you have no idea you have a completely blank slate no expectations you can walk into the theater or, or just put it on your, on your computer and you have no idea what's going to happen so everything is like oh wow as opposed to like oh yeah i, yeah. I saw that coming you know? yeah, that's how the movie should be watched. Exactly. Completely blank slate. Uh, do you prefer watching movies on the, on the big screen or at home with some headphones on? Or what's your go-to method? Yeah, it's got to be big screen. It's got to be big screen. I just yeah. saw um, A Quiet Place Part 2 in mm-hmm. theaters, and that was the first time I was in the theater for like a year. Yeah. Man, what an experience. I can't watch horror movies. It's not. It's not really horror. It's not really horror. Well, I think you would like it actually. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll consider it. Cause, well, I'll have to watch number one first, but there's just something about horror movies that like I, I know they're designed to to make you feel like that, but they just they like break me, man. I just can't bring myself <laughs> to like I don't I don't feel like I want to be there when I'm watching it. Basically, like I feel so uncomfortable in a bad way. In a bad way, hmm. Is yeah. is that the same with like Heartbreak Two? Can you not watch movies that are just really sad? No, I'm fine with emotion. I'm a fine. I'm fine with like movies that will cripple you with emotion or that like really sad or heightened things happening. That's fine. But it's it's the whole like anticipation of the scariness and like something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. And like and then also like how messed up some of the stuff is. You know, like saw killing people and like guts going everywhere. Like I. I just feel like if you like that sort of stuff, like maybe there's something not quite going. <laughs> going maybe there's something wrong with it. You know, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe there is, Vince. <laughs> um, but let's let's talk more about your journey then. Um, you said you kind of applied to a bunch of agencies and you started doing some work with your friends. You know, tell us more about that. Yeah, speaking of like um, horror films and slasher movies, I have a film that's coming out. 
in a week that's kind of all about that <laughs> <laughs> that was the uh, best plug i've ever seen <laughs> yeah it, it's called savagery um it's my debut film directed by ark and paul and luke brown um and i'm really excited for it you know i don't want to give too much away because it's not a film it's just a short film and i want people to go in without any expectations or um or without knowing too much about it but yeah i'm really excited for it this was the it was the hardest challenge of my life but it's also the 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 work that I'm most proud of. Mm. So real quick, just tell us when it releases and how people can watch it. It releases on August 22nd and you can watch it on the YouTube channel First Floor Collective, but I'll put it in my bio of my Instagram. Yeah, I'll put it in the description of this video and you know, make sure people know where it is. But yeah. you said it was the biggest challenge. Um, what do you what do you mean by that? The, the character I had to play was... Um, he he's he's not a nice man. He's not he's not someone I would want to be, but um, he has this sort of power, and he has this sort of power about him that that I had to explore, and um, I just had to to reach into certain emotions that I've never really explored before, um, and it was tough. You know, you don't always want to to understand certain parts about yourself because. Because it can hurt, it can be, it can be tough, and you have to face these. You know, it's like watching a horror movie. You you have to face these fears that you don't necessarily want to face. But at the end of it, um, you feel like a changed man. Do you, you know, some actors have like a an approach where they become the role. For example, I think Matthew McConaughey is a good example of that. You know, he literally does whatever he can to put himself in the position where he feels like that character. And then you have other actors who just say, you know, I'm an actor, I act. You know, they, they turn up to the job and they're told the description. They're like, okay, well, today I'm, you know, a random dude walking down the street and tomorrow I'm a murder psychopath, blah, blah, blah. And they just, you know, get into the role like that. What sort of approach did you take with this? Was it more of the first or the second? Yeah, the first one is referred to as method acting, um, which is definitely the approach that I took. Um at the at the start of my acting career, I, I tried to take it a bit more nonchalantly and and not really dive into this character. But I realized I wasn't giving the best performance I could give, and the only way I could really do that was to put myself in the boots of this person that I would would hate if I really met him in real life. Um, so yeah, I, I imagined myself being this person. Um, I thought about what he would be doing on on a Sunday afternoon, um, what he would be writing in a journal what he would be saying to himself and it, it takes a toll on you, you know, like before and after the shoot, like I, I felt like I wasn't myself for a little bit. I was like, damn, I feel like this dude. And it, um, it's tough. You know, you, you have to be able to separate your real life from the character that you're playing, but at the same time, you need to be able to devote yourself completely to the role. That, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. How can you, how can you have a separation but also devote yourself? Like, I don't, I don't understand that one. I would say after you play the role, you need to be able to go back to your to your normal self and and forget not forget the character, but be able to go back to your your normal life. But when you're playing the character, you need to be completely devoted to the role, okay. and and live that character. You know, put yourself in that person's boots. So, is the own when you're playing that character, is the only thing you're thinking about? like what the character would think about basically 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't say completely, you know, like, like I'll be honest, I, I had exams at the same time that I was doing this shoot. So like, um, when we weren't shooting at night, I was studying in the library all day. Um, and I, I had to be able to bring myself back to, um, to my, my real life, you know, being a business student. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy. You need, you need to be able to find the balance, but at the same time, you need to be able to to devote yourself to the role completely. That sounds that sounds really difficult. Um, but that's not the only performance or you know bit of acting that we're going to see from you, I believe, right? No, I've in the last um, three months I've done eight films. Wow, eight short films. Yeah, so it's yeah it's been a ride. I've, I've played a lot of different characters. Can you? But this is the first one to come out. Okay, can you give us like a, um, well, firstly, can you give us like a timeline of like when these other ones would come out and like, you know, what sort of movies they are? Sure. My first film that I did, um, which will be on Crave TV in a year, actually, um, I played a bully. Um, I played a, a bully in, in, in juvie pretty much. Um, and it was, it was all about telling the story of the, of indigenous youth. And how they go through these cycles of, of, of poverty, and, and there's it feels like there's no way out for them. So starting my career out with a role like that was was really impactful because immediately I realized I had to tell a story. Um, and the director was telling me that like I was playing a character that was his friend and that is in jail right now, unfortunately. But when the director told him that they're making a film on on their stories, he was really happy. So. Going into it, I was just thinking like, oh yeah, I'm just going to have some fun. Let's try acting out. But but quickly realizing that I had a story to tell for someone else and that there was a greater purpose to it, I, I realized, okay, I have a job to do. This isn't any joke. Um, so yeah, so that was my first role. It was it was a great experience. And and yeah, I just I kept doing films after that. And I noticed that I kept getting casted as like, a dickhead. <laughs> I'm never a nice dude. I'm never like just the guy in the corner, like studying. No, I'm always like playing an asshole. Um, I don't know what that says about myself, but <laughs> but there are certainly fun characters to play. Yeah, more more to play with, I guess, because you're not just you're not trying to be normal. You're trying to be somebody that you're not. So it's, I guess it's more of a challenge because you know I don't think you're an asshole, basically. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment, but, you know, take it how you will. <laughs> um, I, I did start my acting career a while back, though. Um, it actually goes back to middle school when I would participate in school plays. I, I started off just doing lighting and crew, being behind the scenes. But I, I love the I love the process of theater and, and, like, bringing life to just a stage. But I remember in my final year of middle school, um, I decided to give my shot at acting. And I thought, mm, I'll play the I'll play the funny drunk guy. Um, but during the auditions, you had to apply for two characters. So for my second role, I said, okay, I'll go for the lead. So that way I just get the role that I want and they won't pick me for the lead. And then I ended up getting cast as the lead, which was like, what the fuck? Why are you? Don't cast me. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and it, it just felt like this, this make or break moment of like, okay, I have a chance to prove myself here or I have a chance to show myself and the whole world that I'm not meant for acting, that this isn't it, and that I failed. Um, and like putting myself in that situation, um, 
just put a lot of pressure on me, but in, in, in a really fun and challenging way. And, and, and yeah, bringing life to that stage was such, such an impactful time. I played, I played a character named Richard in the play Ah Wilderness was written by Eugene O'Neill. And, and yeah, that was one of the highlights of, of my childhood. I really, really enjoyed that experience, but I, I didn't act for five, six years after that. You know, I went to high school, didn't really think about it much. And it wasn't until the last three months that I picked it up. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, but that seemed like a lot of pressure to put on yourself just being in middle school. Like it, I don't, obviously this could be a little bit over, over dramatized. I don't know if that's the right word, but, um, you know, if you're putting that much pressure on yourself back then, like, is that, do you feel that same, you know, uh, mentality of like, I need to do this to prove myself. I need to do this. Otherwise I'm a failure. Is that like kind of what drives you? Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, I think I thrive off pressure and yeah, even, even running the clothing brand, I felt similar pressures of like this make or break. Like I gotta, I gotta do this. I cannot fail. This is make or break. Every single collection that I released for that clothing brand, I felt that same pressure. And while it wasn't always enjoyable, um, dealing with those hardships make me into the person that I am today. So I want, I always want to have these sort of challenges where I feel like it's, it's make or break throughout my life. I never want to feel comfortable with what I'm doing and think that, oh, if I if I fail, you know, things will be okay. I want to feel that pressure. You never, you never want to settle for second place. Completely. Yeah. What is that? Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, you just quickly mentioned clothing, quality uh, quality dot clothing. Um, mm-hmm. And before we started this, you just kind of mentioned that, you know, you've put all your attention towards acting and kind of stepped away from from the clothing side of things. Uh, do you mind expanding a little bit into that and, you know, telling us why, how, why and how you're taking this so seriously, I guess? Yeah. So after two years, I decided to, to step away from quality clothing. I made that decision back in May. Really tough, probably the toughest decision in my life. Yeah, so I decided to to leave quality clothing back in May, and it was tough. But I I just had I had a lot on my plate, you know. Um, I'm a lot more committed to business school now. I'm not so on the fence about if I want to complete it, and that takes a lot of time. And and I was really thinking to myself, like, do I want to take this acting career seriously? And and getting my first role in acting in that f- film. Um, put everything into perspective and made me realize what I want to pursue. And, you know, you can only pursue so much. Um, and if you really say that you're all in for something then you got to be all in. And yeah, I told myself I'm going to be all in and acting. If I, if I only put 50% of my, my energy into this, then it's never going to be anything that I want it to be. So yeah, I made that choice, but I have no regrets about quality clothing. I learned so much. I made so much awesome stuff and I, and I'm really proud of the work that I did there. And it's still going to continue to thrive on. So, so, yeah, what what sort of lessons would you say you you learned from that? Because, uh, you know, you are. It seems like you're quite interested in the old underground streetwear community. Hmm. I learned that you, you got you gotta you gotta be creative. You can't just make something that's already been made. You know, 
everybody makes clothes nowadays. What, what do you bring to the table? And, and even with COVID, I've seen it in every single type of industry. There's now this, like, everybody's kind of up their level about what they're putting out into the world because they realize, okay, people aren't going to buy anything. People are only going to buy the best. So yeah, I just learned to, to, to give it your best with everything that you do. But I learned so much about marketing, about making videos, about how to sell a product, about how to build a community, um, about manufacturing, production, operations, man, everything. It's, yeah, it's, it was, it was really such an amazing experience. Yeah. So if, if there's anybody watching who would like to, you know, get into that business or has, has a business like that and are looking for some top tips, do you have any, you know, you know, three to five tips that you'd give to people and say, you know, make sure you do this or something along those lines? Mm -hmm. I would say build a community. That's the, that's the most important part. When I, when I started quality clothing, um, I, I was also like, I had my own Finsta account, which is just like a private Instagram account that you have for your friends. We post like photos that you wouldn't post on your main account. But I thought about applying that concept to a business where I made a private account called quantity dot clothing and and i posted behind the scenes of quality clothing i posted like mock-ups and i would get really honest and genuine feedback from um from the people that really really connected with this brand that i made and and having that smaller community um helps you so much because you know you have people on your side you have people that aren't just interested in in buying they're interested in the journey that you're going on um, another tip I would give is, is, is have a good team. You know, like when I started quality clothing, I had my brother, I had my friend Jordan and I had my other friend Ryan and, and having support from them really helped because if you're, if you're on your own, it can be tough. It can be really tough. And if you have plans to expand, you can only make it so big with a team of one. So you need to be able to have people on your side that you trust. And I was lucky with that. Another tip, um, have a message. That's the most important part. When I started quality, I, I, or when we started quality, we, we wanted to go in so many different directions, you know, with being an eco-friendly brand, um, with the message quality over quantity. But as time went on, we realized that we were only connecting with the certain mess, which with certain messages that we were putting out. The biggest one was quality over quantity. And, and it got to a point where we kind of thought like, oh, let's just forget about the rest of what we're doing and really, really focus on what we care about, which is this one message. And I don't know if you've ever heard about the the 80%, 20% rule. Yeah, it's, it goes along the lines of 20% um, of your audience will make up 80% of your sales or 20% of what you care about will be 80% of what actually matters. And so what we did with, with, um, the core values of quant quality was that we just focused on the 20% of, of what we really cared about. And that would, that's what made up 80% of the brand. But that, that's, um, that's a theory that I use with everything now, the 20%, 80% rule. Like, can you give us another example where, where that would, would apply just so we can, you know, try and apply ourselves? Mm-hmm. Well, I was taking summer courses um, this summer, and it was really challenging because, like, in the summer when you take courses, it's 
really accelerated. You know, you're you're learning like six months worth worth of school content in in the matter of two months. And I was studying, so I was studying eight hours a day. I was stuck in that library, like Jesus. I needed I need to do something, and I just thought about studying smart instead of studying hard. So. I realized that 20% of my studying is what makes up 80% of what I'm learning. So I thought about what I'm doing at the the peak or the height of my studying, which is when I'm doing like really deep work and focusing. And the other 80% of my studying, you know, I was fooling around. I was checking my messages on my phone and I was half studying. So I, when I was studying, I was studying. I was doing the top 20% of my studying and and as time went on, when it came closer to the exam dates, um, my studying skills really improved just because I was focusing on what I was doing to make my studying the most effective. Yeah. Okay. Could you, could you give an example of how that could help in a creative sense? Like, I'm, I'm struggling to think how I could use that, to be, to be honest. Mm. So you've, um, you've released a lot of podcast and you've also created a lot of 3d work um and you want to get better you want to be more successful obviously like everyone does so maybe you could think about your 20 the 20 percent of your best podcast or the 20 percent of your best artwork and and try not replicate it but thinking about what you did to make that 20 percent best work and and utilize those and forget about the 80% of the other work that you did. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to bear that in mind. I'm going to bear that in mind. Um, I think one thing that we've both been trying to go through is uh, increasing the amount of work we can do. You know, we're both on a creative endeavor. You're with the acting thing. Mine is more creating visuals for people. Um, How have you found um, any effective ways to kind of, get work for yourself and uh, network with the right people so you can get a job or an acting role? Um, well, the first thing I did is just let go of what didn't matter to me as much. Um, you know, like I stopped working for quality and I also, a little sad to say, but I completely gave up my goal of becoming the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> you know, like it was fun. I, I got. I was the biggest I've ever been. I'm really proud of the work that I did in the gym to get to where I was. But you know, I was taking four hours of my day every single day. Four hours is a lot. It's a lot of time. So it's the first thing is just re- reallocating your time. You know, now I'm using those four hours to to study my craft of acting. And while I'm not as big as I would want to be, I'm still really happy with um, with how I look. My self esteem's higher higher than it ever has been. Um, yeah, reallocating your time is the biggest thing, but, um, planning your day is the, is save so much time. If you plan your day and journal in the morning, think about what you want to do. You're not going to be spending as much time thinking throughout the day about what you should be doing because you already know. Yeah. You have a, you have a list of things ready to go like this, then this, then this, then this, then this. Mm, Every day. Yeah. Um. I think I think that just to just to touch back on the whole um, goals thing um, for people who haven't watched the other episode, 
Vince had this goal where he told on told on the show that he wanted to be the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and I actually photoshopped you like this, <laughs> and that's the yeah. uh, the thumbnail for the video. Um, but you know, I think that's a really good example of if you set a goal that's like super super high, and you try and work towards it, even if you don't reach that goal or come that close to it, there will be other added benefits that you wouldn't have even realized. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm pretty convinced that you had that goal and you were super um, strict on it and you really wanted to go for it. And I don't think you will have realized like how many other benefits you'll have had about your self-esteem, about your confidence, about how you look, how you feel about probably your strength as well. And I just think that it's, it's, it's really important to realize that when we set these big goals, there's um, other smaller things that can come that we never even saw in the first place, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just a really good example. Shoot for the stars and for the moon. Shoot for the... Huh? I thought... Uh, wait, isn't it shoot for the moon and if you miss, you'll end up on the stars, right? That was one version, but Pop Smoke's album is called Shoot for the Stars and for the Moon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't really understand that, but... I don't understand that either. That's cool. why I was so confused. <laughs> yeah. So the last time that we spoke, Vince, um, we talked about college and you were in this position where you were like, do I stay? Do I go? Do I go for it fully? Um, update us on what your mentality on that uh, is now, sort of whether the rationale and the predictions of your decision making have kind of come true and anything you've learned from, you know, sticking through with college, basically. Because I dropped out. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough decision to make, but I kind of thought, screw it. You know, I've, I've made it this far. I don't really want to quit now. Um, but I'm starting to find more value in the classes that I'm taking. Um, first of all, with acting, you know, being an actor, it's a business. You need to build your brand. You need to be able to market yourself effectively. And, and the skills that I'm learning there are really helpful. And also you need to, to specialize when you're in your third year at my program. And I'm specializing in entrepreneurship, which is, is very much in line with the career that I want to have. So it'll, it'll help there. But I also realize that it's okay if I'm not enjoying something fully right now. You know, like when I think back to when I was in second grade, third grade, I was telling my parents like, oh, I hate school. I want to stay home and play video games all day. But now if I'm looking back, I'm thinking like, of course I would, like, why would I not want to be in school then? It helped me so much. So it's just about the value that you can't see right now, but that might help in the future. And it's, it's different for everyone. Um, but it also helps me like with being in this country, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to be in Canada if I, if I wasn't um, in this program. So and also, like, Vancouver is such a great place for actors. It's, it's in my opinion, the ideal place to get started just because the demand is so high. The film industry is growing crazily, and and the supply isn't as high. So there's kind of a high-demand, low-supply scenario, but there's a lot of opportunities for actors. So it's helping me in every single aspect of my life. That's that's really great to hear, and I'm happy that it's working out for you, man. That's Because uh, it seems like you're in a tough spot, you know? Um, yeah. So it's it's good to hear that, you know, things are working out for you. Um, when it comes to the future, do you think you're going to 
stay in Vancouver? Do you think you're going to move elsewhere? You know what? Any any plans yet? I think LA is the long term plan. I think in yeah five to ten years I'll, I'll end up there. But but you know like I'm I'm happy to stay here for for some time. You know I think Vancouver is the best city in the world, so I'm happy to be here. But I got to get my my residency first. Like I'm, I'm I want to be a permanent resident and then eventually a citizen. But that's for the future. Yeah. I mean, what what is it then? You know, the the claim that this is the best place in the world um, is is quite a big one. So, what is it, in your opinion, that makes it so good? The it's it's there's nature life mixed with city life. You know, you can be downtown and see these beautiful mountains in the background, which I think is awesome. You can go on a hike and see these beautiful rivers and waterfalls, and the next thing you know, you're once again downtown within like ten five five, ten minutes. And, you know, like I, I told people sometimes like this is the best city in the world and they'd be like, what the fuck are you saying? Have you been to France or New York? But, you know, you go to France and New York right now, they, a lot of it's closed down. So there's also just accepting the new reality that like cities are evolving and, and Vancouver is popping in a lot of ways right now. And I, I love the people here. You know, people are so nice. Um, I would say the one thing that it's lacking a little bit is ambition. Some people are a little bit too content with with an average life, which I don't like. But, you know, I love the country of Canada. Um, and I love the city, especially for the film aspects. Yeah, I would say I'm biased just based on my career. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely city. It makes sense. It makes sense. Um, one quick note just on the, the college thing. I thought of another question. Um mm-hmm. One thing I never understood was the idea of doing business at a university, um, which is obviously your course that you're doing. Um, To me, maybe because I've never been through it, um, I I didn't understand how uh, business could be taught in an educational academic manner. And it it always made sense to me to do something like you did, for example, like quality, where you you build a business and you you figure it out along the way, uh, almost kind of what I'm doing, you know. I did at some points consider doing some sort of business degree, but instead I just set up my own freelance stuff and I've been learning every single day new things to do with skills and how to deal with clients and taxes and all this stuff that you just kind of learn along the way. So um, how do you learn how to do business at a university, basically? First two years for most programs, it'll be very focused on the fundamentals, which can kind of feel like a drag but usually in the next two years you can focus on what you really like you know at my school you have the choice of focusing on business management or hr or real estate or entrepreneurship marketing um and and once you go into those certain specializations there's a bit more freedom or creativity with with what you want to explore you know there's a lot of group projects for example in my program like uh, we have one class where you can where you have to build a business and focus on on all the fundamentals. And I think when you build a business on your own, you can sort of feel inclined to skip a lot of these steps just because they're boring or they're not fun, or it's just like, oh, I'll I'll worry about it later. But being in a program where you have a teacher telling you do this so you can get this grade, it forces you to do something that you might want to do because you don't understand the 
the values. And it, yeah, it goes back to just like being in school in the first place, you know, like there's things that I don't want to do now, but I know that they'll help in the future. Hmm. That's a, that's a good answer. Um, when it comes to the entrepreneurship side, obviously entrepreneurship and university, again, they're very contrasting. So what sort of tasks and challenges, assignments, etc., do you have up, upcoming uh, for the next, you know, year or so with this specialization? I'm taking one class that's focused on product development, which will be pretty interesting. But if I'm being honest, I don't know too much because okay. I haven't taken the classes yet. That's fair enough. I'm just basing it off of what I've read. Fair enough. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, um, before we, you know, wrap this this thing up, I'm going to ask you some end questions. They are the same end questions, basically, as I, as I asked you before. So it'll be interesting to see if or how your answers have changed. Um, first question um, is actually a new one. So that was a par- partial lie. Why do you get out of bed on a morning? I got shit to do. That's all I got. <laughs> You've written that list and you need to get those things done, I guess so, yeah. Um, hold up. I need to just think of the order I'm going to ask these in. Next question would be, what would be some advice for your younger self? Trust your instinct. You're keeping these short and sweet, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you like your like your one-liners. Why, why do you say that? Because I didn't, I didn't always trust my instincts when I was younger. Um, I focused on external factors too much. And the only person that really knows the truth is you. Cool. I like it. When it comes to the amount of success that you've had in acting and with quality that you've now left and, um, you know, all the other endeavors that you've you've been through, how much of that success would you say is down to your hard work and how much of that success would you say is down to chance? I think I said 50-50 last time. I'm, I'm going to keep it as that. Um, yeah, you, you need both. You're always going to need both if you want to be successful. Yeah, I guess but so. Sometimes... Um, you won't see the luck that you have until later on. Luck okay. isn't always right in your face. It's like a, a realization after the whole thing's happened. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. And the final question for you, Vince. Um, if everybody in the world was listening to this podcast right now, what would be your one message for them? Check out the bit between. <laughs> Sad dogs doing some cool shit with your 3DR. Yeah, man, I gotta say respect to you. Like, it's been awesome to see your growth in the last Thank few you. months. Yeah. Just knowing you for six months, like, even your 3D work, I don't know too much about it, but just it's easy to see that it got a lot better. Thank you. That's that's very kind of you. Um, but, like, seriously, like, is that, like, your answer for the thing, or? Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say trust or instinct again, but that's what I would tell myself. But, yeah, be yourself. YOLO. That's what I'll go for. YOLO, YOLO baby. You're going to get that tattooed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the face tap. Amazing. Well, um, it's been amazing to talk to you and catch up. 
um, if people want to find your movies that are going to be coming out soon and you know just go ahead and plug yourself and uh, tell people where they can find your stuff yeah once again savagery comes out august 22nd you can find it on first floor collective youtube channel and you can also find it through my instagram which is vince kdb thank you very much for checking out this episode of the bit between if you want to find more podcasts just search the bit between wherever you get your podcasts i'm sure you already know that already but that's not going to stop me from saying it anyway make sure to follow vince at vince kdb and his first short film is going to be coming out on the first floor collective youtube channel on august the 22nd 2021 and if you want to support the podcast the the best way you can do that is just by recommending this episode or any of your other favorite episodes to a friend um, the bit between is a platform for people to share their own story and broadcast it to as many people as possible throughout the world in fact i i've been thinking about this a lot and it's really strange to think that even when i'm dead as long as youtube's still going my voice my conversations with people um they're still going to be here so it's almost like um a, a part of history a part of my life will forever be captured on the internet anyway that's enough existentialism for now and i will catch you guys in the next episode of the bit between <laughs>